Hello and welcome to the Performance Through Health podcast. We aim to inspire and educate our listeners through engaging conversations on all things health and fitness, mindset, business and philosophy. My name is Martin McPhillamy and I'm your host and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello everybody and welcome back. It's been a, been a little while since I've done a podcast. I kind of forgot what it's like to sit here and stare at my wall and speak into a, a microphone. Um, reasons B, we'll get onto a little bit later, but obviously in the last episode where it was just myself, I set myself a, a challenge to, to, to work as hard as I can, to go as hard as I can in my employment, to go as hard as I can with my performance health and had small little goals. And those goals were to, to write two ebooks or finish two ebooks, uh, write a case study and to create a course, uh, an eight week course on, on how to form your, your inspiring life vision. That was all the, the, the entertainment and all the, the ideas and concepts that were built around my business model for the coaching framework that I use for performance through health. And um, uh, do, whilst doing this, uh, now I've been on a, on a fitness and, and a health challenge to new, lose nine kilos and to get, in, get myself into good shape while fixing a, a, an injury that I have in my, in my shoulder. So I'm going to start off with, the, with the, the fitness journey and just discuss about whereabouts I am with that. And then uh, a little bit of a journey into uh, you know why have I taken a small little break from from podcasting and, and it's mainly to do with a, a focus a shift in focus and a conversation I had with a friend who I respect his his opinions and and uh, you know he he's given me some advice in terms of where I should be putting my focus at the moment in terms of growing business um, and uh, that's probably what I'm going to talk about today because I've got some some great episodes lined up with guests so. I've We've got an episode with Ben from West Coast Barbell Club coming up next, and we discuss uh, his ethos around strength and conditioning training, improving strength and powerlifting, uh, and he's got a great little setup and a real good idea to how to build a community for for for, for the likes of gym goers and and powerlifters, and I, and it was a really good chat in terms of we delved into a lot of informative uh, educational stuff, but also uh, you know what he's done to be able to create an environment in. In a uh, in in a small in a small particular gym that he's basically built himself, but he's had a, got a strong culture and a great membership, and the 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 people who train there really value him. And uh, I took a lot from that episode, and I can't wait to get that one out. And then uh, I have a, a, a an interview with my friend uh, Natalie. So Nat Burton is a. Um, is a professional women's basketballer and she has actually even been to the Olympics. The one thing or the, the, the initial inspiration for my move to Australia was this, the, the Sydney 2000 Olympics when I was younger. So um, it was pretty exciting to delve into mindset stuff and challenges that you face as a professional athlete and the challenges that you face as, as an individual who goes to uh, the Olympics with an expectation of of getting a medal and didn't quite get there, and uh, what it's like to be able to overcome these issues, and what Nat is now doing, helping uh, young girls and or young athletes to develop their mindset so that they can uh, stay healthy uh, in terms of mentally as well as they go through a physical progression of turning into an athlete, which can take its its toll on you uh, mentally if that's not looked after. So. So great episodes coming up, but first up, where am I at with uh, with with my my finish challenge? Well, we are now seven or eight weeks down, and I am currently five kilos lighter. 
feeling a lot fitter. Uh, people are starting to real notice uh, that I'm a lot leaner now. And uh, if you follow my Instagram and go on my social media, Martin McFillamy, you'll find uh, in my highlights there, you can see my progression pictures that I do every Saturday morning, um, roughly the similar time, just, just to give an idea of, of, of how well that's going in terms of uh, pictures. And when I look back to the first week, I think to myself, oh, geez, I was a, uh, like, this is all relative to, to, to my mindset. But yeah, chunky around the, around the hips, couldn't really see any kind of uh, grooves in my, um, uh, in my obliques at all. And now I'm starting to see quite a bit of shape there. Uh, one thing I'm wary of is my dad did say to me in the, when I put the last photo up on this Saturday, he's like, oh, you, you're potentially losing some muscle mass. And I'm like, oh, great. Cheers. Thanks, dad. Thanks for that, um, <laughs> for that comment. As someone who, uh, who, who loves, uh, I guess, training and keeping muscle on. And the idea is to try and try and look muscular. And someone says, that it, it uh, doesn't knock my confidence because I know it's going to happen, but it's like a, a negative thing. But you have to take that into, into, into account and with maybe uh, his opinion of what he's just observing. And that maybe, maybe means that I need to increase my, my protein or supplement with some, uh, HMB, which is a, an anti-catabolic uh, supplement that's better than, than, than leucine for, for pre- preventing the breakdown of, of proteins and muscular tissue in the body when you're dieting. So I do have some of that. Uh, but it's just an issue of taking it 40 minutes before I work out. Uh, I could put, stick it in my, stick it in my, in my gym bag, uh, take it to work and just have it when I leave work and uh, a little bit of a drive before work or first thing in the morning before I drive to the gym in the morning when I'm up there. Uh, but five kilos down, feeling a lot lighter, leaner. Um, uh, looking forward to, uh, it's getting a bit, pretty, a bit hard. I'm looking forward to, to, to the end goal. So that's why I kind of have to keep the, the vision of where I want to be in four, five, six weeks time because I'm starting to feel fatigued now. I'm starting to feel uh, you know, the diet's kicking in, in terms of I've been at 2,850 calories for four weeks, come from 99.1 kilos and now uh, like 90, 94.3. Uh, but I'm on 2,600 calories and I'm starting to feel hungry in a day uh, at work uh, around 3, 3 to 4 p.m. I'm starting to get really hungry. Uh, I take a fair few snacks with me, so I'll, I'll have uh, my, my post-workout protein shake when i when i get back from the gym that's a bit of a smoothie so there's quite a lot of calories in that and i'll take a a small few uh, carbohydrate snacks like fruit or um uh rice crackers with me uh you know a, a small oat bar or something like that and then i'll have some dark chocolate and some more fruit just before i go to training now obviously my lunch my lunch is usually a salad with um uh, i actually have a a, a meat-free uh chicken which is a, a, a you know a vegan chicken, but it's got it's got thirty calories, uh, 30, 30 grams of protein, and actually maybe even forty grams of protein. Yes, it's not optimal in terms of it's not it's, it's amino uh, amino acid profile is isn't the best for keeping muscle. Um, but I've just decided to cut down on meat just because uh, I live number one. I'm living with two vegans, so they have both influenced me to to, to reduce the amount of meat I'm eating, and I want to see whether I can do this whole journey without having the belief system that I need to eat meat you know, three or four times a day. Now I can now I can uh, sit back and go, okay, now I only eat it three or four times a week or four or five times a week. Um, that might change as I get leaner and leaner and I'll have to be focusing more on maintaining 
uh, higher levels of protein as I, as I start to reduce the carbohydrates. I have to up that. And I might eat mean eating some more uh, you know, grass-fed steaks. And uh, I haven't had proper chicken for a while, uh, unless it's been in one of my meals I have. So my evening meals are actually already like a, a prepped meal as it is. So I get um, my Muscle Chef meals. They're absolutely amazing. Like in terms of how they taste, they're incredible. But uh, as I get to the point where I'm probably going to be dropping calories below maybe 2,500, 2,400, I'll have to be uh, really planning on what I'm eating. So I'll have to get them into my fitness pal at the start of the day so I know exactly how much I can eat throughout the day. But yeah, in terms of levels of fatigue, starting to get tired, body starting to get sore, uh, potentially uh, what I've had to do really is to increase the amount of time that I'm spending in bed. So there is some research that just suggests that when athletes are going through a period of overtraining, increasing the amount of time in bed, so from say from seven or eight hours up to nine or 10 hours can actually enhance performance. So as I started to feel fatigue, I've started to increase the amount of sleep that I'm having. And uh, that's, that's a means to, to, to try and prevent my, uh, my, my body from breaking down and, and getting too cat- catabolic and too, too tired and uh, affecting my performance and other things in terms of like the case studies I've been writing and the, and the ebooks and stuff. So um, uh, yeah, the injury is much, much better. Thanks, thanks to Jess at Pursuit Physio over in Claremont. I think she's, she's, uh, she's got a, her clinic now near Bodied by Ryan in uh, the Claremont Showgrounds. She's a fabulous uh, physio and um, really has helped me. Now, mostly when you go to see a physio, obviously they tell you to come back every week because it's a new thing they want to give you or potentially it's uh, it's the way their business model works. But Jess has just given me some exercises and said, hey, look, go away, um, focus on this for a few weeks and then we'll see you again. And then I've come back and you now we've just changed the exercises and we've already started to see an improvement. Uh, I, I can I can physically feel that my, my scapula is actually fitting back into... Uh, where it should do is attaching to the rib cage a bit better. Uh, it's not so winged. I don't feel so out of out of posture when I'm seated, and I'm not getting the pains that I used to in the back of my neck. So making good progress there. Also, the bonus of that is I'm hitting parts of my back and my lower lats that I haven't really hit before in a gym. So I'm putting some mass on around there and putting some mass on around the shoulder cuff. And this injury has all come from you know, when I was 18 years old and had a, had a, no, maybe even 16 years old. I had a one-on-one. Uh, 10 meter run up with a with a prop in rugby and I went to tackle him and pretty much just knocked my shoulder straight out of place and I yeah, went to hospital and that was on and off for three or four years before I decided to get some surgery on my shoulder and I've always had the pain in there but now I think uh, given I had five weeks over, uh, off over COVID the imbalances have come out and now what I've done is just uh, try to rectify them so my training focus is still on that starting to add um, some high intensity exercise in there, uh, circuits in there, just to try and increase my energy expenditure at the end of a weight session. Uh, and also, I like the feeling. I like the feeling of the dopamine hit, uh, working hard, minimal train, minimal minimal rest, get in there, get a sweat on, uh, and get out. You know, I'm really uh, that, that's how I like to train. I'm not the sort of person who likes to spend hours in the gym because uh, because unless unless you're training for strength and you're training, you've got a plan and you have to follow it. And you know, you want to wait around or you want to socialize at the gym. But for me, it's a means to just get in, smash myself, uh, make some progress, look good, stay healthy. And move forward so that's where i'm at in terms of uh training uh, so the ebooks are both ready um, so i've got an ebook on uh, the framework of performance through health method so taking you through the steps and guidance and the outline of that so anyone who's listening if they want to copy that let me know because it's a giveaway and then i've also got a 52 page um, ebook which has 
diagrams, has uh, tasks for people to do, has videos to watch, has um, uh, has has a lot of stuff in there. And this is all about becoming who you are and being able to deliver a, a, a contribution to society that's creative, that's your own, that you're going to take ownership, that's going to basically give you a vision that le- leads you to living a uh, meaningful and purposeful life. So that ebook is uh, going to be on my website, www.performancerehealth.com very shortly. You actually can get on the website now. It's not quite up to speed because we haven't quite finished it yet, but if you want anyone wants to take a look around and give me some feedback on the website, that would be really, really appreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Um, case study. Let's have a let's have a little discussion around about the case study. What was what, what what am I writing about? So, as many of you may know or may not know, I'm actually a a sleep scientist in terms of my employment role. That's what I trained for for three years, four years over in the UK as a respiratory and sleep scientist, and that's what I flew out to be um, employed by Cardiorespiratory Sleep over here in in Australia. Now, what I do on a day-to-day basis is basically usually set people up on CPAP therapy, do diagnostic testing for respiratory and sleep issues. And uh, it's it, we, we get some interesting case studies, but this particular gentleman who was diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea back in 2008, um, sorry, not 2008, 2018, a pure, pure obstructive sleep apnea, which basically means his airways, there's a mechanical issue in, in his airway that's causing him to relax, it's causing him to have breathing issues in his sleep, which is waking up, disturbing him. He was put on a therapy of CPAP, which is a, basically a machine that blows air through a mask, keeps the airways open to, to treat it. And um, we did a, um, a, what we call a treatment study in, in 2019, May 2019, because we weren't quite getting his mass fit right and he wasn't able to get that right himself. So during that study, it, it, it showed that he, when the pressure of his machine went up a certain level, he got what's called treatment emergent central sleep apnea. So it changes from a mechanical issue to a central issue in terms of the brain's no longer sending signals to the diaphragm to contract. So at nighttime, there is no effort to breathe at all whereas obstructive is an effort but it is because of an occlusion in the back of the airways you struggle to breathe now what we did with that person we just managed them by keeping the pressures at the right the, the right level however you know just probably three or four months ago he he, he calls me up and said hey martin look um i'm getting really bad uh, data coming across the machine it's saying that my sleep apnea is through the roof i feel terrible what's going on can you help me so i've looked at this data and all of a sudden the data suggesting uh, predominant central sleep apnea with chain stokes respiration which means the breathing is going ventilations increase and decrease and throughout the night like in a cyclical way which could be detrimental to to health and obviously to his um, his ability to function during the day and what that usually means is we have to put them on a different machine and this machine is very expensive it's called adapto servo ventilation it costs them about four thousand dollars and i thought before i'm going to talk to him about that i'm going to just try and see what's gone on is there anything that's changed anything that's happened that's caused this because all of a sudden it's out of the blue Turns out that he had an angiogram, which is basically stenting of your artery uh, or angioplasty stenting. But angiograms to look in your arteries to see for coronary artery disease. And he had left uh, had a blockage in his left anterior descending artery and in, in his uh, mid, mid mid right anterior descending artery as well. And what they did is they created a stent in there, opened the stent up, but to to ensure that the the blood doesn't coagulate around the the stents and kind of like cause like a scab and like a blockage and it could potentially lead to a clot, they used something called antiplatelet therapy. Now this could be a drug uh, which is aspirin um, or clopidogrel but this particular guy was put on uh, ticagrelor now ticagrelor has a better outcome 
for decreasing the amount of heart attacks in people that have coronary artery disease that go go under angioplasty. So therefore, it's becoming a, a first line medication for um, for people who who have had angiograms and gone to angioplasty. However, there's known cases where uh, adverse drug reactions to to ticagrelor, and that the major one is is getting short of breath. However, there is. L- on looking at the data or looking at the literature, I found three case studies where it's actually induced central sleep apnea. So I thought to myself, okay, well, um, there's only three cases. It's very rare. The literature is not really suggesting much, but we'll give it a go. We'll take him. We'll get him to take it off it and swap, swap him over to a drug called clopidogrel, going through his, his cardiologist to do that. The day he stopped it, his, his apnea just completely disappeared and it went back to normal again. So here we go. Uh, here's some evidence to suggest that. So what we did is then got him in for a sleep study and got him back onto the Tico And we've got some images to show that his his sleep apnea has changed from obstructive to central and that there's some uh, some evidence there to suggest that Tico can cause that. And the case study is looking at individuals who are um, at risk of having treatment, emergent central sleep apnea from high pressure and CPAP therapy are also potentially their risk factors are associated with those individuals who are, are likely to get central sleep apnea from, from Tika Grillo. And we go into delve into a little bit of this, the, some of the mechanisms that people have proposed and generate a, a new hypothesis essentially. And I'm going to try and get that published in Journal of Chest, which is one of the best, best, um, respiratory and cardiology uh, journals on the market. Uh, out there uh, if it's got an impact factor of eight or nine which basically means in the last year those studies in now have had an average of eight or nine citations in future studies and um yeah that's pretty high for for for, for a journal so i'm going to go for that first obviously if it gets rejected we'll get to a different one and uh potentially go for, for a sleep journal which has an impact of factor of maybe four or five so you've got that finished um just getting some figures and working those out and so i'm you know six seven weeks in and i've already knocked back half half of the stuff that i was going to say i'm due but then uh what about the course i was going to say now is the course still going to go ahead well this all takes me back to the conversation that i had with one of my friends so uh, one of my friends has got a, a plenty of um, experience in business, uh, especially e-commerce, online businesses, and creating uh, and creating and scaling businesses uh, to 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 develop online and get to the market. And I asked him to come around and grill me on my ideas for my business models, essentially. And and what what as we were talking about on my business, he was looking at. Um, the idea of looking at the market share and grasping his idea of the concept of what I'm doing because obviously he's not in my industry. And pretty much he just said that everything I'm currently doing is I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Uh, and he's not saying that to be spiteful. He's saying that just to say that um, it's going to be a lot of work for, yes, there's a, a, a meaningful reward, but in terms of a financial reward, it's going to be difficult to do that in the long term. Not saying that anything's easy. And I'm not saying that what I'm going to be doing is easy, but he was saying that, that there's going to be a lot of hands on uh, work and as a coach and an individual who is the front of the business it's only scalable to the extent of the amount of work that you can do or employ people who are just like you or train people who are just like you so I have other plans now to grow a smaller business on the side which I can't mention I'm not going to talk about at the moment because I don't want to give away any too, too much information but grow a scalable business on the side that I can grow for uh, financial purposes to then fund me to allow me to do performance through health as a as a, as a hobby um, and also to get the full enjoyment and, exp- and uh, to invest into myself to be, be able to become the best that I can be because that's the idea. So that kind of impacted me quite a bit and it threw me off in terms of everything I've been doing for performance through health and I thought, okay, what am I, okay, what I, what, 
I am being told I can do right now. I can't physically do it right now um, for uh, due to conflicts of interest in, in, in employment. So um, I, I'm not actually taking any action on that, which is difficult because it created it's created a cognitive dissonance in terms of what I'm doing performance through health. And it's took a few more conversations with other, other friends. And thanks to those friends that have reached out to me and, and, and noticed that I've not put podcasts out and I've not been on my social media as much and I've not really put in that much content out and I've not been uh, maybe as uh, sociable as I, uh, as, as, I can, as I usually am in the, cost, in the last couple of weeks. I've kind of secluded myself and withdrew a little bit. And that's just how, what happens to me when when I guess it's a knock to, to the ego, but you've got to be humble about it. I have to be humble about it because I've got to take into consideration of other people's opinions because it's just all information at the end of the day and how you process it and take action on that. Um, is really going to, uh, it can shift, it can shift you. But what it shouldn't allow you to do is it shouldn't allow you to do, to take you away from your own vision. And that's a, a lesson that I've learned because the last two weeks I've spent procrastinating a little more than I than, than I would want to. I haven't really been able to um, get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and uh, go as hard as I can and be working as hard as I can to the evenings. Yes, there's some extent of the dieting and the tiredness from the fatigue there, but that's also an excuse that I can give myself. I did say I'm going to go as hard as I can. I've had four members of staff uh, leave in the last month at work. I think I manifested that by by saying I'm, I need to now. I'm going to work as hard as I can, but rather than making progress uh, and moving forward, it just means that I've had to pick my level of work up because I've got four staff members I've left, and I've got new staff members that I'm training whilst having full clinic, whilst trying to focus on all these other things. So you can imagine my focus has been pulled in all different ways, and because of that cognitive distance created, dissonance created by by a friend and the conversation I had, it it's led to me procrastinating a bit more, and that's why I haven't had the uh, you know, the episodes out on this. Anyway, I'm back up now. Um, I'm that you guys have enjoyed this obviously it's just me today a bit of a reflective tool a bit of information to get out for you guys and just give an update on where i'm at in terms of uh, into all that sort of stuff so um thanks for listening next week we're going to have a, a back to a guest with a great conversation and i'm really looking forward to getting out there so um drop me a message if, if you if you listen to this drop me drop me some feedback you know just give me some ideas uh, ideas of, of what you'd like to learn or if you've got a guest or yourself that wants to come on i'm more than more than happy to have conversations i'm doing this because i love it and uh, doing this because it's a part of of that uh, something that tops my top my tops my cup full of energy so thanks for listening